following takes place between 8 a.m. and 9 a.m. and welcome to full press coverage radio live it is thursday january 9th 2020 we are just two days away from the kickoff of divisional weekend we are oh so close to super bowl 54 down in miami but before we get to that i do want to welcome in my co-host my partner in crime mr rhode island himself mr mike debate mike how are we doing today La, la, la. Doing very well, my friend. Absolutely. One day closer to the weekend. Divisional round weekend. Always an exciting weekend in professional football. Really, if I'm being honest, it's my favorite weekend in professional football. I think you get to, you start to really narrow down the teams that have been you know, working hard. They've been playing hard all year long. They're usually playing in this weekend, except New England. Um, and uh, then you, uh, you know, sorry, sorry, could, uh, sorry, folks. Uh, you know, I, it's, just, it's still not out of my system yet. But in any case, no, congratulations to all the teams playing this weekend. They earned their spot. They deserve it. And this is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I and look, I, I kind of echo that. Of course, you know, championship weekend is kind of you you getting down to nitty gritty. But divisional weekend is the last time we're going to have back to back days with two games, and and I think that's um, you know, it's exciting because and, and bittersweet at the same time because we know we're down to uh, just you know what four, six, seven games left in the season altogether. You know, so uh, this this season has flown by you know we say it every year it's flown by flown by but it, it really has and in, and really in just a few weeks um the entire attention attention of the league and people around us will be shifting to the draft free agency and um you know the the never-ending storylines of the nfl offseason and and just like that it's, it's <laughs> we'll we'll be on to 2020 i mean we are already on to 2020 again you've already mentioned the patriots are not playing this weekend and it, and it isn't by choice let's put it that way so um we got a fun show today. Uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit about a couple of these games. Uh, of course, like we did last week, we're going to save our picks until tomorrow. Uh, so we're going to have to, you know, we're going to dangle you out there a little bit. We're going to dangle that little uh, uh, piece of candy out there. Not, I mean, not that it makes a big deal, especially Mike's. I mean, you know, you can't you can't get much worse than zero and four <laughs> unless you go zero uh, and four again. So um, pressure's on, Mike. Yes, and at that point, if you started looking, like you said yesterday, you started looking for a new co-host, I can't blame you at that point. <laughs> if I'm not bringing up, if I'm not bringing something to the table, I can't be brought to the table, my friend. So, you know, it's uh, it's one of those things where we'll just, we'll, you know, we'll, I'll do my due diligence. I got the uh, the, the Sabre metrics going, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, ready to, I'm ready to take a look at it, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, pull out at least one win for myself <laughs> over the weekend. Yeah, figure out where you went wrong last weekend, because I couldn't have ever imagined going over for four i mean it, it was only by chance that i i didn't go three out of four because i wait you know at the very last second i switched my pick to the eagles um i don't know what i was thinking i i might have been drunk but we'll see we'll see uh we'll see how we do this weekend of course you know i like i said I, i'm in the lead i guess if we're for keeping track of these things and i we probably should because i am in the lead and we know i'm up two i'm two and two and you're zero and four so we'll keep track of this we'll see how we do throughout the, the rest of this postseason here um 
Kyle Senner. You might know him from the FPC uh, Fantasy Football Show. And, of course, you can see him right here in the chat room here on Sportscaster right now if you're uh, joining us. He will be joining us on the phone at 8.30 to talk some Packers, maybe some Mike McCarthy. I'm sure he has some thoughts on his thoughts about the catch-no-catch no catch, uh, from a few years back with Des Bryant. And, um, of course, Packers are back in the playoffs, back in the divisional round, and they will um, host the Seattle Seahawks this weekend. And... Um, you remember the last time these two teams met in the playoffs? I know I do because it happens to be a, a key game in the uh, never-ending um, fruitless debate of who which quarterback is better. But I know it doesn't really make too much sense, but it, this game is part of the what's talked about. But it's that NFC Championship game from 2014, uh, Seahawks and Packers. That's a rematch of, and we all know how that happened. Uh, a fumble on a, uh, a kickoff, uh, onside kick attempt, uh, or a, a failed catch of an onside kick attempt led to a Seattle Seahawks win. So um, this is going to be a fun game. I'm excited for it. I think, you know, yeah, you see, Kyle knows. Kyle knows. He, you never forget that game. That's uh, that's the uh, that's the Russell Wilson and, and the Seahawks gave the Packers five turnovers. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the Packers were unable to get it. But that's not to say that they are not capable of winning this game. In fact, we I'm not going to give away my pick. But perhaps I'm picking them uh, to win this weekend and move on to the NFC Championship game. You're just going to have to wait until tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow morning to find out. So, um, but yeah, I, I, you know, this, uh, you know what, you know, I'm probably not going to say that. Uh, I was just about to say this is the game I'm looking forward to the most this weekend. But uh, Minnesota, San Francisco, I that looks really good to me. I mean, Kansas City and. The Texans, you know, that's okay. But really, the the two NFC games are the, are the ones I'm looking forward to the most. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I think these two NFC matchups are so intriguing. There's so many storylines behind the scenes for those of you that are casual fans. But if you're a fan of X's and O's football, these are going to be two chess match type games. Look, the Vikings come into this game with a with a very good defense. Uh, they know how to contain teams that have a run first option, which is what San Francisco likes to do. But they do have a lot of prolific gas pa- pass catchers. Excuse me. When you take a look at George Kittle, in my opinion, the best tight end in the NFL. Yes, Braden, I do believe George mm-hmm. Kittle is the best tight end in the NFL right now. Uh, they've got Emmanuel Sanders, obviously. Debo Samuel is, is capable of making big plays. Matt Breda is able to break for big runs. So this is going to be a very interesting and very big test for the Vikings defense. I think they're up to the challenge. This Vikings defense showed me a lot in being able to confuse and keep Drew Brees and that prolific New Orleans offense off base all game last weekend. If they can do something similar the sky's the limit for this uh, for this Minnesota Vikings team. I know they're not getting a lot of press in terms of who might be able to break through and get to the NFC Championship game, but they can do it. San Francisco is very well equipped to be able to beat them as well, so I think this is going to be a very, very good matchup. You mentioned Green Bay. We're going to have Kyle on. I don't want to steal too much of his thunder, but this is another intriguing matchup. Aaron Rodgers and that offense having a week's worth of rest, which is important for a quarterback who's getting a little long in the tooth like Aaron. And when you look at what they're able to do, that defense, I think, has improved. I still want to see them do it on the big stage before I am able to say that that defense is capable of winning them a championship. But this is going to be a huge test against the tough Seahawks team that's coming in this game with a little chip on their shoulder. I think a lot of people are starting to look at maybe some of the weaknesses on this team and saying, well, maybe they're more smoke and mirrors than anything. I think there's a lot of pride in that locker room. I think the Seahawks want to show everybody that they belong where they are. 
No, and, and, and that's the thing. I mean, it, look, if, if, if you're competing in this uh, weekend's uh, slate of games, you belong where you are. And, uh, you know, it, and it pains me to see it, say it, but, you know, teams like the Tennessee Titans, you know, were a better team than the Patriots last weekend. Therefore, they absolutely earned, they earned the right to be here. And, and uh, you know, whoever wins these games, they're going to earn the right to move on and play one more, at least one more weekend and hopefully another one after that. So, um but yeah, I mean, look, this is this is an intriguing matchup, and I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be eager to ask Kyle about this, um, you know, about the Packers in general, because <clears throat> you know I've heard people call them one, you know, some of the worst, uh, one of the worst thirteen and three teams, this, that, and the other. Like, you know, how good is this Packers team? And you know, I'll admit, I, I I'm not, you know, and this is kind of the good thing about this is I I'm not necessarily sure how to rank all these i mean i would say baltimore and and the 49ers are are the top two teams in my opinion uh left in the playoffs uh you know one from each side of course uh then after that i think it's really just a mashup of every other team and it's it's really the gap between those top two teams and the, and the rest really isn't that large so um to me it's it's like i i can see any one of these teams beating any one of these other teams even 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 the Texans and the Titans winning. Although I do think it may be a long shot. I'm not going to give away my pick. But, um, you know, those of you who are watching us on Sportscaster, I know there's a bunch of you who do, and we appreciate it, and we're, we're looking forward to continuing our uh, uh, very uh, fun and, and exciting re- uh, partnership with Sportscaster. We're going to provide more videos like this for you. But um, we want to know what you think. So if you're if you're in watching us on Sportscaster, watching this show, um specifically talking about the Ravens and the and the Titans and the Packers and the Seahawks who do you think are the biggest x factors uh this cup this weekend who do you think uh is is going to need to step up for all those teams and who do you think are going to have big games for these teams because uh, you know we want to know what you guys think and we'd love to interact with you so uh if you're in the chat room go ahead uh let us know what you think um ask a, ask away ask questions away and um Again, let us know who uh, who we should be keeping an eye on when it comes to these games. Because uh, again, this is it's going to be a strange weekend for us, Mike. It really is. <laughs> I like it I, is. I've been, I've been all right this week, but I, I I think when it comes down to you know watching pregame and realizing like oh okay well you know this is uh, this is going to be a little bit different than the last uh, ten years. So, uh, but like I said yesterday, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm very excited for it because for the first time in a long time, it's going to be nice to sit back, really watch without you know, any sort of real strong rooting interest. Yeah. You know, I, I, I guess, like I said, if you, if you had to ask me, I would like to see the 49ers win. Um, however, it, it wouldn't like, I, I wouldn't, I'd be fine with any one of these teams. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, if I had to rank them, maybe Kansas city would be on the bottom of my list. Sorry, Chiefs fans. I apologize. Um, some of your fans have ruined it for you. Uh, so I can't, I can't in good conscience root for them. Um, would I be upset that they won? Probably not. No. I mean, it, you know, it, would it would it uh, amp up the uh, <laughs> Twitter debating a bit? Sure. Why not? You know, <laughs> where else are we going to go except for up from, with, with Twitter debating? It, it's it's already a, a, a an awful, awful <laughs> mess as it is. So what what's a what's a Chiefs Super Bowl going to do to it? Um but yeah, look, I I'd probably be rooting for the 49ers, but you know, any one of these teams would it would be a great story to watch them win. Uh obviously, you know, uh, for and we'll we'll ask Kyle about this, but you know, another Super Bowl championship for a guy like Aaron Rodgers, I think will really answer a lot of questions in terms of you know, when 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 you talk about the hierarchy 
uh, among uh, quarterbacks in NFL history, I think a second Super Bowl will elevate him to a to a different level, one that I've refused to put him at at this point. Not just because of the Super Bowl, but um, if, if he does put together and complete this really you know really good season, I mean it's not his most prolific passing season, but uh, as we know that prolific passing doesn't necessarily mean championship caliber. So right. Uh, so I I think this could end up being one of his best complete seasons and it could wind up with a Super Bowl championship and again that that would do a lot to elevate his his uh status and his uh, legacy in terms of you know at the end of the day when he's retired and a lot of these guys have moved on you know where does he rank now again I I'm not you know I I I would still maintain and I know some people will kind of go up and over over top uh, uh you know if he did win but you know, I would still say he has a long way to go if he wants to, you know, get in the same breath as Tom Brady. But to me, I, I you know, it would be hard for me to keep him, let's say, out of the, you know, top five. And, and again, I'm not really thinking too much. I'm just kind of throwing names out there because, again, I would say going into this season, I probably don't have him in the top ten. I mean, right on the cusp. I, I did my, uh, you know, in response to the NFL 100 team, I kind of gave my thoughts on what I thought it was and. You know, for me, he always kind of landed right outside the top 10 because I do have a lot of, uh, you know, admiration, respect for some of the older guys that have played and some of the current guys also in this generation. But uh, you add another Super Bowl and, you know, you, you, you know, you start opening up the conversation a little bit. You know, where where does he then uh, kind of slot in? Because, look, he's he's st- statistically prolific and, and you look, we can sit here and argue uh, what what's a meaningful stat, how important is pass rating, yada, yada, yada. I mean, the fact of the matter is he's one of the best quarterbacks to play ever. Um, it just happens right. to be that, you know, this this league has a long history of a lot of great players, and he just so happens to not uh, have the same sort of resume as some of the others uh, that are above him. However, again, you add a Super Bowl, and um, things change a little bit. And, uh, you know, a nice run from him and this team would do go a long way to really uh, kind of, you know, putting it all together. So uh, we'll see. Uh, again, these are a lot of storylines here, a lot to, to pack in there. Um, there's only two players, uh, quarterbacks that have won Super Bowls and they meet on Sunday and that's uh, Rogers and uh, Russell Wilson. So it's going to be fun, man. It's really is. I, you know, I, again, I, I've, I've been disappointed, you know, in terms of like, yeah, you know, it sucks. No Patriots game this week. I know, I know, but, but um, it, it's hard not to get excited about what we have in front of us, what, um, you know, again, I mean, imagine if you get a, and, and this would be like, you know, for most Patriots fans, uh, this would probably be the worst, uh, Super Bowl com- uh, combination, but you know, imagine if you get Patrick Mahomes and we talked about this yesterday, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. To talk about, you know, talk about a marquee quarterback matchup and, and look, I mean, it, Tom Brady obviously could carry the weight of any Super Bowl ma- matchup, but, uh, you know, Tom Brady versus Jared Goff isn't necessarily as um, eye popping as say uh, you're getting two superstar quarterbacks as opposed to yeah. one. So, um, so yeah, and 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 look, you go back to a year before that, Nick Foles, Tom Brady, and then Tom Brady, Russell Wilson was probably the last uh, marquee. Cor- well, I don't know. I, that I, I guess you could debate uh, Cam Newton and Peyton Manning, but for two reasons, I, I don't know if I would do that. One, I think. You know, Cam Newton obviously had his best season in 2015. However, um, Peyton Manning was not at his peak. And and again, I, I wouldn't, 
you know, when I say prolific quarterbacks, I, I, I'm talking about the, the, the best consistently year in and year out. So the, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, the Russell Wilson guys, you know, not guys that, you know, are good quarterbacks and happen to have a really good season that year. So I guess the last marquee Super Bowl matchup um, would have to be Russell Wilson and Tom Brady. You know, Yeah, I, I would... I would agree with that. I think that there is, uh, you know, there's been a devoid of that the last couple of years, especially with, you know, Brady carrying the load. Obviously, Foles came away with the win. So, I mean, we're not knocking him or the performance of the Eagles in the Super Bowl. It's really more about the hype leading into it. So, if any Eagles fans are up there right now, Foles beat him. He beat Brady. (laughs) We understand that. Yes, folks, we know that. But at the same time, it's also the hype leading up to it. And yeah, I think there are some intriguing matchups out there. We mentioned a couple of them yesterday. Um, There's a lot of different ways that this could go. If you get Lamar Jackson versus Jimmy Garoppolo, are we looking at a new budding rivalry in the AFC and the NFC uh, of two quarterbacks that can carry two very talented teams for a number of years? I think that could be intriguing. Um, uh, Lamar Jackson versus Russell Wilson could be intriguing. Take a look at that real quick. That would be, that would be the catalyst for the Brady or Belichick hates Brady crowd. If you have Lamar Jackson versus Jimmy Garoppolo in the Super Bowl, oh, good God. I mean, somehow people have made the connection that, oh, they should have drafted Lamar Jackson. And there was some hype around that at the time. You know, of course, they took Sony Michelle, but just, just imagine that, that <laughs> uh, you know, those ridiculous dots being connected if, if that happens to be the Super Bowl. Just, I'm just saying, you know, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Oh, of course. Absolutely. <laughs> It'll start no matter what. I mean, they'll already, if Jimmy Garoppolo does make the Super Bowl, oh, and yeah, he has a yeah. very good chance of doing it, folks. This is automatically going to go. Wonder what Bill's thinking. Bill's drinking right now. He's upset. He knows this could have been him. This is what this is what could have been. Where all of the information that comes out of all the credible information, I should say, that's coming out, does indicate that Kraft put the ball in. Belichick's hands and he chose Tom Brady over Jimmy Garoppolo and I think that that was a smart decision at the time and I still think it's a smart decision and I don't think it's one that Belichick regrets I think he regrets that he couldn't hold on to Jimmy but I think when faced with the opportunity and said I have to draw the line I have to make a a, a choice he went with Brady and I don't think anybody can argue with that any credible or rational person couldn't argue with that that being aside you take a look and we go back to some of the intriguing matchups Imagine Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. That could be a really intriguing matchup in the Super Bowl. It's a long shot right now, but it's not impossible. And the Seahawks are capable of beating good big teams. We've seen them do it this year. So that could be a very intriguing matchup. You mentioned Rodgers and Mahomes, and, uh, you know, it is. That's probably the heavyweight matchup between two quarterbacks on either side. Um, Stark raving fan bases, uh, just, you know, and... Really, I think the anointing of the the second coming will happen after whoever wins that <laughs> Super Bowl. You'll see pundits all over the place, national names falling all over themselves to declare whoever wins that game the undisputed greatest of all time. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I think, you know, everybody who w- listens to this show knows how we feel about that argument, but it, it's going to start and it's going to and That includes Mahomes. If he wins this Super Bowl and they are able to get that and, and the Chiefs do, you know, pull through and they're able to do it. And listen, they're very capable of doing it. That is a great team on offense, a much improved defense. They can string together wins and they're capable of winning. If that happens, then, yeah, I think you're going to see the, uh, the the anointing of Mahomes as the greatest quarterback, the greatest NFL player ever to step on a field. And I think that's a little disingenuous this early in his career, but it's going to happen. So, yeah, a lot of intriguing storylines. You mentioned early on, my friend, about 
really being excited for this weekend of football. I am as well, because I mean, to me, the best teams in the NFL are still here. They're still playing. It pains me to say that doesn't include the Patriots this year, but you know what? Maybe the talent was there. Maybe it wasn't. The execution definitely wasn't there. And when the execution isn't there, you don't deserve to be playing on the on the game's biggest stage. So congrats to all the teams playing. It's going to be a really good weekend of football. And I'm just, I, I really am. I'm really starting to get excited and looking forward to it after a couple of days of malaise where you look at it and say, what am I going to be doing this weekend? It's almost like that John Travolta gift file where, you know, he walks in the room for Pulp Fiction, just kind of throws his hands around. And that's going to be Patriots fans this weekend. I think that's a good microcosm for us. But, you know, it's it, it's all good. There's a lot of football folks. Definitely check it out. Yeah. And, and, and that's a that's a that's a great compare because that's kind of what it feels like. And, and again, we, we're joking about it. We're, we're kind of playing up the idea that, yes, you know, obviously we're, we're professionals or at least we think we are. And we like to cover this team very objectionally and this league very objectionally. But, you know, we, you know, we're still fans, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, you, you know, know how uh, no matter how <clears throat> much you say it. Uh, it, it's still there. You're, you're still a fan of, of this team. And, um, you know, we, we like to play up the fact that we're a very spoiled fan base. So so boo-hoo, we're, we're, we're sad that uh, for the first time in 10 years, uh, the Patriots are, will not be competing in the divisional round of the playoffs. So, um, so yeah, so I guess, <laughs> I guess to piss off all the other fan bases out there, uh, at least the ones that are, are, are not competing this weekend, uh, I, I, that, that's what we're going to do. So, uh, and they'll be back next year, in my opinion. And, oh, Oh, before we get Kyle, and and you know, I I, I figured, okay, look, the Patriots are out. We're not going to talk about them too much. However, however, I don't know about you, but uh, the the post, the the Tom Brady um, Instagram post talking about, I still have more to prove. Uh, if you don't, if you think this guy is retiring, I mean, you really don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> um, and if again, and I, I will reiterate this every single time I get an opportunity, the idea, and and I've seen actually more people start to to mutter these same sort of sentiments, but the idea that it makes sense for either Brady or the Patriots to move on at this point, it it, it doesn't make sense, and and that's my biggest point. The only thing that does make sense is you re-sign Tom Brady, or he retires, and. I don't know about you, unless you're Skip Bayless, um, I don't think you look at that post and say, oh, yeah, he's this is a guy that's ready to hang him up. No, not at all. No, definitely not. I mean, in any case, when you read the statement, I'm going to be back in the arena. That's where I'm going to be because I still have more to prove. That's about as overt as a statement as you can make without saying I'm coming back. So anybody reading tea leaves into this and saying Tom Brady's not going to come back, he's retiring. Yeah, I think that's asinine and ludicrous. Now... There are people that will read this and they'll read the way the beginning said the past two decades. I thank you for supporting me. It can read and a lot of people will read into this. I don't believe it, but there are some people that could possibly read into the fact that maybe it sounds like a thank you to the New England fans and that he may be looking to move on. I firmly believe that's not the case. I think in a lot of ways, everything that you've seen, everything that you know about Tom Brady, and we've said this ad nauseum, my friend, you've said it, I've said it, where is the best opportunity for Tom to win and succeed? That's the most important thing to him, folks. It's not money. I don't care what anybody says. All of a sudden, at 43 years of age, Tom Brady's not going to make this all about the money. He wants respect. 
And that's something that I do believe is a factor here. The respect that he wants is get me the players around me that I can work with and that we can make one more run. To me, that is what I think the the the, content, the point of contention could possibly be in New England. And the only reason why he would consider going elsewhere is if the Patriots said, no, we're going to run out. There's, there's these also-rans. We're going to rebuild. You want to come back? Fine. But this is not going to be the team that's going to contend for a Super Bowl. I can't imagine the Patriots doing it. But... Whatever. It, it happens the way it happens, but I still firmly believe he's going to be in New England. And I think that Instagram post yesterday only solidified that point. Look, and you're right. Uh, Tom Brady's got a whole lot of money. And, and no, I'm not talking about the Antonio Brown single. I'm talking about actual greenbacks, you know, actual <laughs> bank account full of money. Um which Ian so, is streaming live 24 hours a on his burner Twitter account. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, I'm only kidding. He doesn't uh, have a burner Twitter account. No, I, 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 just, I just tweet from every single full press coverage account if I need to. So it's impossible to block me, folks. If you block me, I will find out what you said, just, just so you know. That's a threat. No, it's not. It only fuels his fire, folks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, look, that, that sounds like a guy. And, and look, if he... You could come to that conclusion if you stopped reading after, like, the first two sentences. Because, again, I bet there were some people, you know, not really reading down to the bottom uh, real quick. But, you know, the first couple uh, sentences, you know, looking like, oh, no. You know, you know, real quick, your stomach jumped a little bit because you're like, <gasps> wait a minute. Okay, never mind. This is one of his nostalgic – not nostalgic, but his, his reflectionary or, you know, reflective uh, posts that he has. And, and this is very uh, – you know, and, and again, you you see, and, and it's and it's great, and this only makes me laugh and a little bit harder every time people, you know, you know, obviously fans or, or people that don't really know him question his character, and you see just the the barrage of of appreciation and thanks for him from players, athletes, from other sports and other like big time celebrities. I mean, man, like you read the comment sections of people commenting on that. It's like you got the rock, you got like, I mean, the, I mean, it's just like you got the rock commenting on it. You got like the best NFL players commenting on it, like superstar athletes from around the world. And it's, it's, it's crazy what kind of admiration and respect that uh he he gets from from just his peers and just you know people in general and uh, and i think people are are seeing that look this this guy is genuine he's, he's talked about wanting to to play for this long for so long and you know something i said a long time ago before i had a platform was uh i i thought he was always you know one of the things he admires most and i remember he said this in some documentary and i can't remember but he he always admired how brett Favre was always able to be there for his and play for his team, like that's the mo- to him that's the most important thing is to be available every week and to be available as often as you can for your team. And and that sounds simple, but you know that that kind of sums up Tom Brady's mindset um, in general. Well, he's 17 regular season games away from breaking uh, Brett Favre's record for most uh, regular season games played by an NFL quarterback. Now, do I think he values that uh, to the utmost? No, but I do think that's one of those records that I think he would be very proud of to say that he played more games at the quarterback position than any player to ever play this game. And and to me, that speaks to being available for your team each and every week. And, you know, look, if he can do that with New England, all the better. And I really think he will. And, you know, that kind of falls into his uh, 45 timeline. So uh, read read into it what you will. Uh, if you do come to the conclusion that it sounds like he's hanging up, well, 
I'll tell you what, you can go hang out with Skip Bayless because he's he's a party of one right now, as far as I can tell, uh, when it comes to reading it that way. Um, I'm sure I've blocked out the rest, but um, <clears throat> we will see. But but yeah, that, that Instagram post fired me up. I, I almost forgot to bring it up, and I'm, I'm glad I remembered. No, me too. And I think uh, it's definitely good to bring that up because there's all a lot of circulating garbage that's going around out there about it. I think taking a level-headed approach to it, take it for what it's worth, take it for what it says, and we'll see what happens down the line. But yeah, I, I don't think retirement's on the table for Tom Brady any longer. He's he's got he is am, he's gaining his ammunition. Oh, and it sounds like I might have just lost Mike here. Mike, Mike. All right. But, but we may have just lost Mike for a moment, but I think we do have uh, our FPC Packers managing editor, FPC Fantasy Football managing editor, Kyle Senra on the phone. Kyle, are you there? Yes, Ian. Oh, How are you doing? Perfect. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. We uh, Every so often when we add someone to the conversation, uh, poor Mike gets dropped. So I'm, I'm, I will have him back momentarily. Um, but I'm glad uh, to have you on here because we want to talk some Packers. We have been talking some Packers. And I know you've <clears> been <throat> listening because I've seen you on the timeline. And I, apo- <laughs> I apologize for bringing up that NFC Championship game, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you knew it had to. It, it's, it's impossible not to bring up. There's not a day in my life that goes by I don't think about that game, so it's okay. One more day is no big issue. No, I look. I, I, I every every single day, um, I think about Super Bowl forty two. At some point yeah. in my life, at yep. some point during the day, I think about Super Bowl forty two, and and it just it ruins my day. No matter how many Super Bowls the Patriots may win, uh, watching that game uh, unravel the way it did uh, will always always haunt me. And I, I think, I think, I think. We have Mike back. Mike, are we still there? Are we back? I have returned, oh, my friend. I am definitely back. I am back. I am back. <laughs> Kyle, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks for joining us this morning. Yes, absolutely, Mike. Thanks for having me. Yeah, oh, you guys. no problem. No yeah, problem. We, we, we always have uh, these connection and dropping issues whenever we try to add people to the conversation. So, and, and we haven't well, had the a Well, $3 internet I have up yeah. here in Rhode Island doesn't, it, it helps <laughs> to contribute that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, folks, it's, uh, although I think it's keeping our viewership up on Sportscaster because if you got my mug next to Ian's in the morning, I don't think anybody is going to be able to eat breakfast watching that scene. So that, that's, <laughs> well, that's going to be difficult. So, <laughs> well, uh, fortunately, when, when you're the mayor of, uh, or the governor of Rhode Island, the mayor of, everything that little state has um you you can fix the internet you can you can fix the issues that are that are surrounding it give you all the internet actually speed. i'm actually i'm not even thinking about doing that i think i'm just going to put the uh, uh the the uh, the cartoon image of uh, adam west as mayor and uh, uh and family guy <laughs> just put that up there and convince people that's me so you know what if that's the case how then, do you speak then, my then, language you know, that's a, <laughs> so you know we got uh we we got it's it's all good there from uh from there on in but uh let's 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 get to our guest we we, yes. we can banter later on yeah exa- exactly so uh we we have actually been bantering quite a bit and we've been talking about uh aaron Rodgers and the packers and um you know we, we begrudgingly accept the fact that uh a, a packers chiefs super bowl is perhaps the most intriguing and high-profile, especially quarterback matchup, uh, we we have left. Um, again, that can change. That's not taking it away anything from Lamar Jackson or anything like that. But um, before we get to that, though, we have a we have a great matchup, and I mentioned this uh, obviously before you got on the air already. Since you've been on the air, is that NFC Championship game in this rematch? So, real quick, Kyle, what is your uh, first? Actually, you know what? 
I'm a little discombobulated here. First, before we get into into anything too deep when it comes to this game, um, Mike and I want you to tell us who the Packers are because we talked about this actually, uh, you and I, Kyle, the other day on your uh, Full Press Packers podcast. But I want the listeners out there to know from you, uh, from your mouth, what is this Packers team? Are they, you know, quote unquote, the worst thirteen and three team ever, or are they sneakily very, very good and, and a threat really to to just run away with this uh, with a run to the Super Bowl? So I don't think they're the worst thirteen and three team ever. Um, the O one Bears and the uh, the twenty sixteen Cowboys. I think we're both thirteen and three. Both lost in the divisional oh, round. Not saying that that's not going to happen okay. to the Packers. <laughs> yeah, the Bears. <laughs> Anytime that you can always criticize them. Uh, it's always fun. <laughs> no, um, sorry, Bears fans. Uh, but yeah, I, I do. I do get it though because the Packers have been quite fortunate in frankly almost every game they've played this year. Whether it's opposing quarterbacks making mistakes or you know really one thing the Packers have had this year is injury luck they haven't had any significant players uh, miss any really significant time uh technically only one week one starter is gone and Lane Taylor at left guard since he's been out and the rookie Elton Jenkins has come in I say that line's gotten better uh, you really saw it in the in the opening game of the season, the first game against the Bears. Lane Taylor was the weak link on that line, and Akeem Hicks was, was having having a monster game against him. And uh, since Jenkins has been in, we really haven't seen a weak a weak a spot on that offensive line. So, uh, really fortunate injury luck for the Packers. Not so much for the Seahawks, especially of late, who have uh, been dealing with a lot of injuries. So, um, there's a lot of luck working in the Packers' favor for this 13 and three record. But they also do a lot of things great. I mean. Again, one of the keys to any NFL defense is pass rush and pressure, and they provide that pretty consistently. And you know, it forces opposing quarterbacks to make mistakes. I know their their turnover rate uh, just between this year and last year for the Packers in terms of the number of takeaways they're getting is insane. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was by week nine or ten they had already had more more turnovers than they did last year, or more takeaways than they did last year. So, you know. Um, I was going to say Good. both uh, both the Packers and the Seahawks are both uh, plus twelve in the uh, turnover differential, the best two uh, margins left in the playoffs right now. <laughs> Which again speaks to the both of these quarterbacks are really good at protecting the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson in the NFC twenty fourteen NFC Championship game, notwithstanding, but <laughs> you could throw you could throw four or five interceptions and uh, still win the game, though. <laughs> Yay! Um, but yeah, the Seahawks, other than, you know, running back, obviously it's huge. Uh, Chris Carson, Rashad Penny and CJ Procise, who were their main three running backs. They're all, they're all done for the year. So now it's Travis Homer, Marshawn Lynch, Robert Turbin. Uh, but I think maybe even a bigger concern for them might be the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwayne Brown has been out for a couple weeks now. Uh, and he is, uh, he didn't practice yesterday. We'll find out if he does today. Uh, same with Mike Yapati at, uh, at, uh, left guard who also missed last week, a new injury, uh, Joey Hunt, their starting center. He didn't practice yesterday either with a fibula injury, a mm-hmm. leg bone injury. Doesn't that doesn't sound very good. So yeah, not too uh, promising. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the, the, right there, there's three starters on the offensive line and George Fant, who uh, has been replacing Dwayne Brown at left tackle. He didn't practice yesterday with a groin injury. So you're down a lot of offensive linemen and the Packers conversely, uh, you know, one of the big concerns leaving that Detroit game was the injuries that they suffered. Uh, Brian Bulaga left with a concussion center. Corey Lindsley left with a back injury. Uh, I would say the number two receiver, Alan Lazard, after he made a big touchdown grab in that game, he left with an ankle injury. All three players practiced fully yesterday. 
Uh, Bulaga cleared the concussion protocol. He's set to go and play. I was actually really concerned with Lindsley. The back injury, those can be pretty nasty and, and can linger. Uh, but again, a full practice for him yesterday on Wednesday. Uh, looks pretty good health-wise. There's a few did not practice. I mean, Jimmy Graham and Tremont Williams got Veterans Days off. Dexter Williams who I don't think is going to be used much at all. <laughs> he might not even you know, not even be active. Uh, but he was uh, he didn't practice an illness. There's only one injury concern, and that is actually kind of a big one, though. Kenny Clark, defensive yeah. lineman, um, right there in the middle. And the last, I'd say the last month of the season, he's really come alive. And, and I guess through the games in December, the one stat that kept bringing up is how many sacks he's had in the month of December. He seems like he's a player that really elevates his game as the year goes on. Um he, yeah, so not practicing with, again, with a back injury. These can be kind of concerning. Uh, so I think today's practice participation, and certainly Fridays, will be really key to that. Uh, because uh, if Clark's in and all these offensive linemen for the Seahawks aren't, that he can certainly exploit that. And uh, I think part of the Packers' success this year has been Zadarius Smith, it's tough to double-team him because mm-hmm. you either... If you do, you're leaving Clark one-on-one or you're leaving Preston Smith one-on-one on the other side. If Clark's not there to kind of command that double team in the middle, suddenly teams can really focus on Zadarius Smith, which has been, I think, maybe the Packers' strength. Uh, um, I don't know. Was this, I can't remember if I was talking about this with you or not, Ian, but um, I think if you, if you named a Packers MVP this year, I think it's uh, Zadarius Smith. I know some people have said Aaron Jones, but I think the offensive line deserves a ton of credit for his success as well. And the way Smith has changed that defense has been, you know, we talked about it, the number of takeaways, uh, the number of sacks they've got. It's, it's, it's been, it's a big reason why they're 13 and three. Well, and, and that's in 13 and a half sacks for Zadarius Smith. And, and, and for me, I, I feel like that's going to be the key for both teams is like, which, which uh, defensive line is going to show up mm-hmm. is the, is the Packer, are the Packers going to be able to exploit the, the Seahawks weakness uh, on the offensive line and get to Russell Wilson and, and, and make sure Marshawn Lynch and, and those guys don't get anything rolling. And on conversely, is the same Seahawks defensive line from last week against the Eagles going to show up against the Packers? Because if they do, this might be a really long day for the Packers because seven sacks yep. last week against the Eagles. Now, again, I, I feel very strongly that the Eagles are a far better team than the Packers, but um, you know, seven sacks isn't something to scoff at. And I think uh, as a team... Uh, if the if if the Seahawks even with the injured uh, Jadavion Clowney uh, can get that type of pressure on Aaron Rodgers and and basically take away the the impact of Aaron Jones altogether, um, it could be a really bad bad day for Packers fans and, and the Packers in general. So I, I think really the key to this game on both sides it's going to come down to the defensive lines, which which who's going to have the biggest impact. And I mean that's football. Yeah. Uh, you know, to play in the trenches—that's that's what wins games and wins championships. I'm concerned about Clowney for a couple of reasons, and I think uh, one is is the, yeah exactly that. Um, but last week, what we saw was the Eagles. Their their in- offensive line was quite injured, so having you know Clowney go up against backup right tackles. Mm-hmm. Having Bulaga healthy and playing, that's a big boost there. So um, both Bulaga and Bakhtiari has, have played pretty well this year. Mm-hmm. Clowney might be one of the toughest tests that they have faced all year, though. Um, it, you know, the, what the 49ers provided as, an, as a defensive line, certainly that they really caused some problems there. Same with the Chargers. When you have when you have those two elite edge rushers, the fact that Clowney, I mean, I guess you, you call Ziggy Onsen an elite pass rusher at this point in his career, maybe... Um, the fact that Clowney's alone, I think, 
helps the Packers. They can sort of pr- provide extra attention that way. If there was an, another player on the Seahawks that was kind of to Clowney's level and you got two guys to deal with, I think that's when they're, you know, we've, we've seen the Packers major problems when uh, Ingram and, and Bosa or, mm-hmm. well, the whole 49ers offensive yeah. line, you can Thomas, Armstead, Bosa, Buckner, D Ford when he's healthy. I mean, there, there's so much there's to deal with on that line. Whereas, so with the Seahawks, it being kind of all through Clowney, I think it works in the Packers favor. Uh, I think the run game for the Packers is super important. One, to yes. keep Clowney away from Rodgers. You know, if you're forcing him into run uh, tackling duties and he can't rush the passer as freely. Uh, the other, though, is to keep the ball away from Russell Wilson. Because, yeah. you know, uh, and I know you were mentioning on the broadcast, this might be, especially if the Packers could win, this might be one of Rodgers' most well-rounded seasons. But, mm-hmm. I mean, right now, which which quarterback is playing better between Rodgers and Wilson? I, I think it's Wilson. Um, I mean, I've long been on this on the side that he's been underrated that i think he's been a top three quarterback in the nfl for quite a few years now um so to me it's no surprise that he's having success and frankly rogers since the the second collarbone break the one on his right shoulder his throw velocity isn't quite the same i don't want to say declining but you can tell there's a you know he he used to never have to use his legs to throw a ball 30 yards it was it was all arm wrist motion but now he you know it's He's he's slightly limited in that regard. I still think he's a great quarterback, but well, uh, and, yeah. And that's on, that's something we did we did talk about. And one of the things uh, you know, because obviously the topic about quarterbacks came up, and and you know, this is something where if like Rogers, uh, you know, better uh, I guess better footwork because you know that that's one thing that's always been a little and a lot. You know, he's not the only one. You know, look at Brett Favre. I mean, the, the guy was a fundamental nightmare. I mean, you're you're when you're trying to keep, teach fundamentals to a quarterback, you're not going to pull up. <laughs> video of brett Favre. it's uh, that's unless you're saying okay don't throw like this i mean <laughs> you're not supposed to yeah the, brett Favre can do those, it but you can't <laughs> those back foot uh, yeah. jump throws where yeah yeah <laughs> you, and, you don't think you can get the full velocity and and and, and that's the thing it's like rogers can do that it just and i i think to your point maybe he doesn't have that extra uh zip that'll get that ball there a second quicker or a, a, a foot further you know but th- that's not to say that he's you know quote unquote declining it's just he has to evolve his game and i think he's he's started to do that a little bit he's you know it, it's an adjustment period and the fact that they've adjusted and gone 13 and 3 is a great sign because again he's and this is something we talked about he's capable of 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 changing what he does and evolving uh, his game to 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 elongate his his career and 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 perhaps make him more successful so um so, Mike, just to uh, make sure that you haven't passed out on the other side there, I know we've, <laughs> we've been talking quite a bit. Um, I'll, I'll give the mic to you, Mike. Uh, what, 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 what happened? Yeah, oh, what, 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 just, just waking up. What, what's going on? <laughs> no, all kidding aside, gentlemen. No, great, great stuff. And I think that the point, Kyle, the point that you made about Aaron Rodgers evolving his game, and Ian, you just compounded upon that, I think is such an important part of the run that the, uh, the Packers are going to go on this year. Kyle, when you take a look at the Packers defense and you've mentioned a lot about what what they've improved what has gone you know well for that defense this year as opposed to previous years where the Packers defense was always their Achilles heel and everybody would say well they can match points with anybody but they can't stop anybody and eventually that catches up with them in the playoffs What's the ceiling when it comes to this Packers team and do you believe that like Ian said right off the bat that they are primed for a long run in the uh, uh, in the NFL playoffs, and if so, why have they seemed to fly under the radar this year with a lot of people picking? I've seen a lot 
of hype around the 49ers. I've seen a lot of hype around the New Orleans Saints. They were eliminated last weekend. So what is it about the Packers that makes people a little bit squeamish? But what should they be watching for this weekend that lets them know they're a legitimate contender, not just in the AFC, but for the Super Bowl title? I think the one big hesitation is that that defense isn't impenetrable. It's been very vulnerable to the run game this season. So teams are seeing, you know, people are watching, are seeing running backs put up monster production. I mean, Dalvin Cook early in the year had a career high in, in rushing yards against the Packers. Uh, that's happened a couple times. Actually, Amari Cooper, not to talk about the run game uh, slightly, but Amari Cooper had a career high in receiving yards the one game he played the Packers, which is still a Green Bay victory as was the Vikings game. So uh, I think it's just they have been allowing some big production to, again, certainly running backs. Uh, I think they've had some good run defense games of late. Uh, maybe not so much the Lions game, but the two games before that, the second Bears game, the second Vikings game, I thought they did a great job of, of completely stuffing the run. So if they're able to do that against the Seahawks and, and force it to be just the Russell Wilson show, I think that certainly helps their chances. Although I, I do say that Russell Wilson passing to DK Metcalf is something I'm pretty concerned with this weekend. I, I don't know who's going to cover Metcalf. Um, Size-wise, Kevin King makes the most sense, but Kevin King really struggles covering deep. He can cover underneath stuff pretty well, but you you have him try and chase Metcalf down the field. It's probably going to be long touchdowns every time. And Alexander... He can keep up with Metcalf speed-wise, but he just doesn't have the size to stop him from catching the football. So I think DK Metcalf is a big... If they can shut down DK Metcalf, a receiver of that size, I think that it will go a long way to legitimize them in the eyes of many viewers. Excellent. And I agree with you. I think Metcalf is a type of a matchup nightmare. And look, I don't think that's unique to Green Bay. I think it's unique to... I think it's really across the board for any team. Metcalf has been very difficult to contain this year. But again, I think that the issues that if the Packers do have just from the film that I've seen, you mentioned it, uh, the uh, the issues of covering him in the secondary. I think that could be an issue with them this weekend. So um, in terms of what you're looking for in the offense, what type of offensive game plan if you're looking at the Seahawks defense and you mentioned Clowney you mentioned you know some of the other uh, ability for them to be able to get after the quarterback and if they can start to contain Rodgers Ian said that as well it could be a long day for uh, for Packers fans if the Packers want to help neutralize that what do they need to do right out of the gate to keep the Seattle Seahawks defense on their heels I hate to sound like an old school football mind, but establish the run. I think Aaron Jones and, and Jamal Williams, who did practice fully yesterday, and it seems like he's recovering well from that shoulder injury, I think a healthy dose of both of those goes a long way. Again, A, keeping Clowney away from Rodgers, and B, keeping the football out of Russell Wilson's hands. Uh, the Packers this year, the games they've won, they've definitely controlled the clock and and uh, and utilized that to their advantage and try and, and minimize opponents' uh, time with the ball. The ball. Excellent. And I, I agree with you. I think that at this point, you do have two prolific quarterbacks going head on head with Russell Wilson and with Aaron Rodgers. But I think in playoff football, the team that's able to establish the run early and is able to continuously see that is the team that's going to come out on top. We saw it in New England a couple of weeks, last week. Derrick yeah. Henry and the Tennessee Titans took it to the Patriots defense right off the bat, they ran the ball up the gut and they ran it at him and the Patriots didn't have an answer for it. And it kept them off, off balance all game, even though they made adjustments in the second half, were able to funnel into the middle and control it. It still didn't work to their advantage. I think green Bay needs to take a, 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 a 
piece out of that page, uh, especially with the season that Aaron Jones has had. I think that's a wise choice. So great stuff, Kyle. Uh, definitely, I'm looking forward to watching this game. I know you are too. And uh, Ian, if uh, he hasn't uh, gone and uh, raided a flower to Dunkin' Donuts at this point, you can still see him. I'm sure he's still sitting there. Uh, but uh, in any case, uh, no, I think uh, I think the both of us are definitely looking forward to this game. Could be the sleeper in the marquee matchup of the weekend. I um yeah I, I already got my coffee Mike come on who do you think I am I mean let's, let's relax Dunkin' Donuts is literally you can never have too much coffee my friend I, you know I mean, you can never half a mile down the street from my house I mean I, I couldn't have picked a better place to move into uh, down in Florida because I mean it's it's right there it's right there Mike <laughs> no but absolutely <laughs> oh excuse me I apologize um I do want to ask you before we let you go Kyle here because uh, we we're, we will let you go here in a couple minutes uh. Mike McCarthy, yeah. Dallas Cowboys head coach, and he got introduced yesterday. And uh, naturally, uh, Dallas uh, obviously now is his uh, one, the team that he coaches, but there's a lot of history with Dallas and in Dallas uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Two things. One, obviously, Super Bowl victory. I mean, that's good history. You like history like that. <laughs> and, of course, the the catch-no-catch no game uh, with Des Bryant. And, of course, uh, Mike McCarthy was asked about that, and he gave a very – uh, political uh, uh, obvious answer that it was well it was a catch at the time but um no I just want to get you real quickly uh, for Cowboys fans out there that may be listening um, what do you think uh, Mike McCarthy is going to bring to uh, to this Cowboys team who uh, it seems to have a, a good amount of talent just hasn't been able to put it together under Jason Garrett it seems like the trust with Jason Garrett wasn't there at the end the players didn't trust that he was the best man to do the job Mike McCarthy coming with a Super Bowl ring, that's probably going to give him some credibility with those players. And, you know, that'll that'll get his message across, at least in the short term. And then what he has to do long term there is, is uh, you know, incorporate new age analytical things and and new styles of offense. That was something I really lacked in Green Bay. I, again, I, we talked about this on the podcast last week, Ian. Mike McCarthy had too many like-minded people on his offensive mm-hmm. staff. And to me, one of the things was, okay, you've got Kellen Moore there in Dallas. If I'm Mike McCarthy, I'm keeping Kellen Moore because I want someone like that to help me design my plays. And what do you know? It sounds like that's what's going to happen. So I think McCarthy realizes that, you know, I can't have a Joe Philbin as an offensive coordinator <laughs> helping me <laughs> design offensive plays. I need someone who's really Second time this uh, going to be... that name <laughs> that we brought up that name. <laughs> uh, uh, Joe Philbin. As soon as I heard he was the OC, I was like, oh boy, this oh, is not looking boy. good. Um but yeah, so I think having someone like Kellen Moore design plays, and you know, one thing that happened last year was Kellen Moore was calling more plays for the Cowboys, and we know McCarthy throughout his career. There's there's one season where he gave up play calling, and I think four games into the year he just couldn't stand it. It sounded like he was going to have a heart attack on the field every time if he wasn't calling plays. So he's probably going to go back to that. Maybe this year off has maybe made him realize he doesn't need to call plays, but. I expect him to do that. I think that's fine as long as you have Kellen Moore designing plays and using uh, the types of, of play, play calling we saw last year from the Cowboys. There's a, a lot of interesting things, a lot of interesting use of running backs as receivers. I know Ezekiel Elliott's target total was lower than what it was in 2017, but um, still using someone like Tony Pollard and Tavon Austin. There's a lot of interesting weapons on that team that can be used in really interesting ways. So I think uh, recognizing that you need someone like Kellen Moore on the team, I think is a good step for McCarthy. 
Well, yeah, and, and look, I when we talked about it, I told Gina I like Mike McCarthy as a coach, and I think this is good because Dallas needed to move on from Jason Garrett, and, and I think you made a great point that, you know, the players just weren't listening to him anymore. And, and once you get to that point as a coach or as a leader or as some, anything like that, in turn, especially when it comes to sports, it's just you know it's not gonna it's not gonna change. You can't come back from that. That's 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 kind of all right. Time to move on type of deal. And you know, look for 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 Mike McCarthy. This is a good opportunity for him to come back into a high profile job with a bunch of high profile players. And uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure. But again, you know that. Winning that Super Bowl helps. So, uh, Kyle, thank you so much for uh, hopping on this early in the morning with us. Um, we will uh, we're, we're we're working out the schedule, working out the kinks, but we're we're going to be all over Sportscaster this weekend. Uh, NFL Live, uh, FPC NFL Live, coming to you before and after uh, the wild card, the divisional round games on both Saturday and Sunday. And Kyle will likely be joining us on Sunday throughout the day as we uh, uh, break down these Sunday games and everything like that. So. So maybe what we'll do is we'll save your prediction if you have one until then, and we will um, we will ask you that question again. So Kyle, once again, thank you very much. And real quick, let them uh, let the people out there that don't know you know where they can follow you and follow your work. So first off, on Sportscaster, I'm at Kyle Senra FPC. Uh, as Ian mentioned earlier, I during the NFL regular season, I host the uh, weekly Sunday morning uh, fantasy uh, full press coverage, Fantasy Live, talk about sit start decisions and um, uh, the injury report as it comes out. That's uh, again every Sunday morning during the regular season at 11 a.m. Eastern, right after you guys are done uh, your FPC Live radio broadcast. Uh, and on Twitter, I can be found on uh, at uh, Yama underscore KS. That's N Y A M A underscore KS. Uh, I co-host the Full Press Coverage Fantasy Pod, so check us uh, check out that at uh, FPC underscore Fantasy Pod. Oh, awesome! And and if I'm not mistaken, you guys just released uh, uh, your latest episode last night. Yeah, a uh, monster it. episode. It's <laughs> that one lasted almost two hours. So, oh wow! Yeah, there last night. So, to... Buckle up, folks. Uh, check it out. Uh, yeah. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Google, all that fun stuff. Uh, Kyle, we will talk soon. Thanks again uh, for uh, hanging out with us. Mike, Ian, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. Always a pleasure, Kyle. Thanks for coming by. And, of course, don't forget you can also follow him on the at FPC underscore Packers uh, Twitter account and check out all of his coverage of the Packers at fullpresscoverage.com slash Packers. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're, again, I'm excited for this game. I mean, we, that's probably the best game. Uh, it has the rematch uh, factor to it. It has the um, – the quarterback intrigue to it this weekend so i will be very much looking forward to that and you know to all these games and and like i mentioned at the beginning of the show we will uh be giving away our picks tomorrow friday uh at the end of the show so we will kind of dive into each one of these games tomorrow we will maybe have another guest i'm not quite sure yet we're, we're gonna figure it out but um we will be talking nonstop football tomorrow and it's it's the last show of the week um for fbc radio live of course uh, it never stops for me. Seven days a week. No days off. Literally, no days off. So if you can't stand me talking, I, I apologize. I love hearing myself speak. That's why I, I do all these shows. So, um, Mike, I'm excited. I'm excited. I am, too. It's going to be a great weekend. Great information from Kyle today. Anybody yeah. that's either a Packers fan or a Seahawks fan, definitely digest what he had to say. I think great insight, objective insight, as always. And it definitely makes me excited for this game even more than I already was. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, too. It's like, you know, we can we can remove ourselves from the fandom of it and just appreciate the game of football and, and know that these are these th this weekend could potentially. I mean, we had a great wild card weekend, you know, results 
aside. Uh, the, the games themselves were, were very competitive, very intriguing, uh, in, in most cases down to the very last play. So right. um, if we can only get a repeat of that, I think we will uh, we will do well. But again, we will uh, jump more into those games tomorrow. We are going to hit every single one of them. We are going to give our X factors, and we're going to give our picks. And, and, and for the love of God, Mike, please get a pick right. Just once, pick one. I just know pick, one. Pick just one, one game correctly. Pick going that way, so like, you know, yeah, I, exactly. Pick a winner. Win a winner. Like, chicken dinner. I, I like honestly. I might have you give your picks first, and I'll just pick whatever opposite of what you pick, and and, and I think I might go like three and one or four and zero. Oh, so we'll see. I am the opposite of every man you have ever known. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. I'll come hey, back. Be an opposite. Got George Costanza or a job with the Yankees. So you know what? Be careful what you wish for, folks. I may go opposite. Who knows? Oh, whoa. Well, whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, that was the wrong whoa, one. Whoa, whoa. I meant to do this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there we go, too, right there. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Steinbrenner right. from Beyond the Grave. We appreciate it. No, they, it's, it's, uh, and, and if, oh, that's a story we'll talk about tomorrow. But, uh, <laughs> apparently, Larry David recommended the Jets, uh, draft Lamar Jackson. That was, that was a funny story. But we're running out of time. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But for the meantime, uh, follow us on Twitter at FPC Radio Live. I am at IGLEN31. He is at MDABATEFPC. And of course, we will be back live here on Sportscaster at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time tomorrow. Folks, have a great day, and uh, let's, let's start getting ready for some playoff football coming up. Take care, folks.